Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Try again. Hi, this is Donna Freeman of yogainmyschool.com, and we are here today to discuss the organization Headstand Yoga Goes to School with Catherine Pure. Unfortunately, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty as Catherine is trying to phone in from San Francisco, and so hopefully she will um, join us. Well, as soon as she joins us, I'll bring her on live. And uh, if we can't get her, then we'll have to reschedule. But, uh, you know, you've got to love technology sometimes. Oh, it looks like she's just come up. Let me pull her on. Hello, Hello. Catherine. Hi. Hi. Fantastic. Hi. Well, so glad we could get you. Thank <laughs> <Me> you. <laughs> Marvelous. So you are the founder of Headstand Yoga Goes to School. Can you tell us a little bit about your history and what brought you to bringing yoga into middle schools? Sure, sure. Um, well, I believe I was mostly impacted by my mother. She was a middle school teacher for 35 years, and she taught in a city school. And so I kind of grew up hanging out inside her city middle school, which was a lot of fun for me. And then became a school teacher myself. And during my first year of teaching, I experienced a lot of the stress that first-year teachers experience. And I came to yoga and fell in love with yoga. And so that really informed the process of me wanting to provide yoga for students and to provide it because I saw what an impact it made on me personally and even on my teaching. As I was teaching and taking yoga classes, I witnessed a transformation in my own teaching because I was more balanced and more healthy. Isn't that true? We kind of take our personal experiences and then they create who we are and and what we have to offer. Um, yeah. I also came came from a, a, a teaching background and then discovered yoga and have brought them together. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about how you came up with the idea of Headstand Yoga Goes to School. Sure. Um, several years ago, I was fortunate to study with Leah Kalish at Yoga Ed. And as a result of my training with Leah, I was extremely motivated to bring yoga into San Francisco Bay Area schools. Um, I saw what she was doing in Los Angeles, 
and what Yoga Ed, what kind of an impact Yoga Ed was making on the Accelerated School. I went down there to observe several times and watch what they were doing at that school. And I saw something I really liked and wanted to help organize the movement in San Francisco. And when I came back to the Bay Area, it was clear that nothing was particularly organized yet. And so I really just came up with Headstand organically. <laughs> um, I started talking with school administrators and wanted to sell them on the idea of providing yoga for all of their students. As a mm-hmm. So, sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. So, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, many of them don't have funding to provide that type of programming at this point in time. So, I wanted to help assist that process in any way I could, and um, with the help of some friends and family members, I was steered in the direction of founding a nonprofit in order to spearhead that movement and raise funds so that we could be immersed in a school culture full-time and so that we could look at the experiment of what happens when every child in a school takes yoga as part of the regular school day. Mm-hmm. Yes, because that's a little bit different than uh, what a lot of schools do, which when they bring in a yoga instructor for a yoga unit or for a, a one-off kind of class, you're in right. every day or every yeah. week. I myself actually am at a KIPP school, the Knowledge is Power mm-hmm. program. There are seven Bay Area KIPP schools, and we have programs in two of the seven right now. And we also have a program running in a KIPP Houston school. And so at KIPP Summit Academy, which is really our home base, every child takes yoga at least once a week. Some of them take yoga twice a week. And I function on the staff as a full-time yoga teacher. So just like there's a full-time math teacher at KIPP Summit, we have a full-time yoga teacher. And that does provide for more opportunity not just in teaching yoga classes, but for really um, becoming part of the school culture and understand the, understanding the needs of the school and the teachers and its students and um, how we can best support. So one, one program that's arisen out of that, just kind of time and space, the amount of time and space that we're immersed in the school is that I will work one-on-one with some of the students who are experiencing more emotional problems at any given time or who perhaps have a more troubled background. They will come in to work with me as we have a very limited resources in terms of getting our kids counseling. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a counselor and that's not my background, but we do want to provide any resources we can for these students to help with their emotional health. Yes. And yoga is ideally uh, suited to that, you know, the emotional intelligence that it teaches by by connecting in the mindfulness processes. Um, So that is a very natural uh, extension of the yoga asanas and uh, that part of the class. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, working with students one-on-one really provides an opportunity to 
get to know them personally and um, to build a relationship and to help them learn strategically how to get themselves back to a place where they are more calm and they are more learning ready and where they can focus uh, versus if you're in a classroom with 34 students, sometimes that personal attention isn't always possible. So um, I really enjoy that part of the work and um, and I also enjoy just witnessing what it, you know, this was an experiment. It was kind of taking a gamble and looking at, okay, well, this is, I think this will be helpful to a school, but you don't know. <laughs> you don't know for sure. And it's interesting to see um, the progression of some of my students that I've been with now for, well, we're starting our third year together. So they've already had two years of yoga, and they are going into their eighth grade year. Yeah. That's amazing when you think about how much they have learned. Um, you know, every, I would love to have a weekly instructor, yoga instructor, who's at my, you know, who I can have personal one-on-ones with whatever I need. Sure. And, sure. you know, like that's a dream come true for, for most people <laughs> in the world. Right, right, right. Um, it's, you know, it's... It's really fun to watch them, for example, my eighth grade class, starting out this year, it's just like any other curriculum, you know, and fifth grade math looks much different from eighth grade math. And so now, as the students have built skills, they already know the basic routines, they know sun salutations, they know basic postures, and it's exciting to build the asana with them to a more advanced level, as well as the awareness practices and as well as strategies for keeping them balanced and healthy um, with mindfulness and and just in general kind of health and life skills. We try to build in a lot of self-reflection and a lot of opportunities for um, self-awareness. And one way that we do that is to have them journal at the beginning of an, and the end of class and Many times we'll just ask a very simple question, which is, how are you feeling in this moment and why before yoga? And then after yoga, how are you feeling in this moment and why after you've had a nice rest, after you've moved your body, body after you've done some breathing, just building the skills in that perhaps are not available to some of our students at home. Um, many of our students don't live in neighborhoods that have a lot of yoga studios. In San Francisco, there's a studio on every block here, you know, it feels like. But for some of our students, it's not a regular part of the culture, and so providing access is a really key component to what Headstand's mission is all about as well. Yes, and and like you say, even if there was a yoga studio, you know, perfect world, if there was a yoga studio, they may not have the financial resources where they can actually go or, the, or a class for their age group isn't even offered. Exactly, exactly. So you're now into a third year of teaching, you know, young teens. Where did you come up with the curriculum? Oh, well... I was originally informed by the yoga ed curriculum and, like I said, worked a lot with Leah in Los Angeles and was really blessed with her teachings and just her incredible power as a teacher of teachers. 
And as I moved back into working with schools in the Bay Area, um, I, I did see a need to build a curriculum that was more in alignment with the KIPP culture that we were immersed in and to work on curriculum that was actually a little bit more academically focused. So mm-hmm. we try to build in lesson plans in the same way that the math teacher might build in lesson plans. So when the students come in, there's a do now. And on any given day, that could be something different. So yesterday, the do now was to um, reflect on three questions because students were going to watch a clip of Tim Thomas, a hockey player who Yes, there's a lot of yoga. So there were some um, guided questions for them to be considering before they watch the clip. Um, I like to use as many examples from popular culture as I can of people who practice yoga and its impact on them in their lives. So that's a really important key to the curriculum. We were working on the first three weeks of the curriculum on a unit called Why Yoga? And Mm -hmm. we're just exploring... Why do people practice yoga, and why is yoga so popular in the United States at this point in time, and why are we doing yoga at KIPP? Um, What are the benefits? How does it affect my brain? So giving them a real substantial foundation to understand, like, why, why are we doing this practice? What is important about it, and why should we invest our time in this system of exercise and breathing and movement and relaxation. Um, So that's one of the first aspects of the curriculum. And then, in fact, we're building new curriculum with one of my teachers and someone who inspires me on a daily basis, Stephanie Snyder, who is a very popular teacher nationally and um, just extremely knowledgeable and motivating. So she's helping us build a curriculum designed with our KIPP students in mind throughout the year and kind of informing what we've built as educators. I'm also working with another educator, Jackie Ashton, who is my colleague and partner and who is running the other program in KIPP at San Jose. So we really love to collaborate, and I think in collaboration, that's when um, things really start to come to life. Mm -hmm. And that's our approach to the curriculum, getting experts in each field. So having people with a real educational knowledge and basis is important. Um, Another great benefit to being inside a school for so many hours at a time is that I get to take my lesson plans and my unit planning be experts, but they are experts in teaching and, and inspire and motivate me every day. Um, mm-hmm. to do a better job and to inform my teaching in a way that's more articulate and age-appropriate. And I get a lot of support. Um, I was having sort of a difficult time with a group of seventh-grade boys at the beginning of the year and having that's a hard really time establishing... Really Yeah, I know. Imagine that. I was having a hard time establishing buy-in for them. There was just a pocket full of them and... Um, you know, because I have a relationship that's strong with my assistant principal, I was able to talk with him at length about it, and 
and I got a lot of support and I got a lot of help and just having that support and help I think is a part of what yoga is all about. So I think it's also important to teach our kids that, you know, the postures are just one aspect of yoga, but um, my assistant principal does no yoga, but I think of him as being very balanced and a very kind, thoughtful, intelligent person. And being around those types of people really it makes a difference in my own teaching because I become better and better the more I can witness and learn from people who may have more expertise in various mm-hmm. fields than, than I do. So um, it's really a learning process, and, and I feel like the curriculum will be constantly informed by best teaching practices in the educational realm and also really to be reflective about environment and age appropriateness and cultural competency. Um, I think that's those are the those are the things that I really like to consider when going into a school. And right now we are working primarily with KIPP schools and each KIPP school even is different. So it's important to be aware of those differences and adapt the curriculum accordingly. Well, that's um, very fascinating how you've taken um, so much of your teaching background and applied it and incorporated it into yoga and made yoga yoga a subject matter. Um, yeah. You also say uh, one of the things that you do is that you work, you bring yoga to the teachers and that mm-hmm. twice a week the teachers are given access to yoga classes. How does that work? Well, right now we're inviting teachers to pop in on classes with students. And so we have sort of an open-door policy in that realm. And some some teachers will take us up on it. Some teachers just come into the yoga room to take a deep breath and unwind when they're in the midst of a chaotic day. Uh, we do try to offer classes to teachers. Right now we're in a position where we're really trying to build that aspect of the program back up. Um, We shifted focus more onto the students due to funding, and we do provide classes for teachers, and we provide also just sort of a a different perspective on student behaviors, perhaps, than might be traditional. But... um, we try to offer as much support to our teachers as possible. KIPP teachers are some of the most dedicated, hardworking, intelligent people on the planet, at least the ones I've had the good fortune to work with. And um, they arrive at school at ungodly hours, and they leave the building really Really, you know, the parking lot is still full at 6 o'clock on any given day. So they're extremely hardworking, and um, building a sustainable lifestyle for them is something that we're looking at as an organization and looking at how how can we really provide more tools to help the teacher experience Um, because there isn't a lot of time in their day. And... um, how can we how can we offer a healthier environment for them? So it, it is a big part of what we do, and I think it's an area that I'd like to see improvement on, and it's also an area that I feel very strongly 
about in terms of providing resources for teachers because, you know, even myself, when I'm finished on a Friday and I've taught five classes of yoga, even if it's yoga, you know, I may still have some residual stress, and I know what to do with that. I know to go to a yoga studio and take a class. Um, people have their own way of dealing with stress, and I think um, some some of the basic yoga tools are extremely informative. Yes, I know in, in my experience that that is often what the teachers are looking for. They're looking for support for what they're doing and, and the tools personally so that they have more to offer their students. And yeah. you're in a beautiful situation of being able to be in the school and available to them to give them that support. Yeah, yeah. Um, even just, you know, the simple fact of geography and having a yoga room on site or having 30 yoga mats available. Um, we just got a very generous donation from Manduka of some new yoga mats. And it's amazing what those little, what kind of a difference those little things make. Um, we had some kind of old, dirty yoga mats in the room for a couple of years, and now we have these nice, new, beautiful yoga mats, and everyone's so excited about them, and they want to practice on them, and it makes things um, much more uh, enjoyable and a little bit more luxurious, I, I suppose. But, uh, you know, just having a yoga room on site where someone might be able to drop in and get some space and I try to make it as calm as possible. Um, it's nice to have that resource available for our teachers and our students. Um, I love how you're describing the school environment, how there is a yoga room with um, these mats that have been donated, and people can drop in or and the kids come through. And, of course, you have your highs and your lows and all those kind of typical daily work thing, but I think for many educators, what you're describing is an ideal that is, you know, so how can people achieve this ideal? Uh, I wish I really knew the, the formula or answer to that question, <laughs> but I think there are some, I can give you a little bit of personal background and then I can offer some suggestions of um, when I first started, there was limited space at the school, and we decided to run the pilot at Kip Summit Academy. And at the time, Kip Summit was a very different school. There was a different, um, you know, just a different set of teachers and leadership. And I was lucky to inherit a space for yoga, and I had my own standalone room. But that said, um, it was filthy, and it was filled with junk. And when you looked at the room, I have some before and after pictures. It was just really quite daunting. Like, how is this going to be transformed into a yoga room? And what I did was I created an invite to all of my wonderful friends, and I had a day called Habitat for Headstand. And I fed my friends, and we were there all day on campus. Um, at the time, my friend and I arrived at school, I think, around 7.30 a.m., and we left the building at 3 a.m. So it was a lot of hard work and sweat 
and toil, and it took a lot of resources, but I am very fortunate to have fantastic, creative, um, very handy friends, and they came together, and I really feel like that's kind of what Headstand has been all about. It's been about community. It's been about people really seeing a need, wanting to get involved, and all of us kind of putting our heads together and saying, okay, like, how how do we figure this out? Um, This hasn't been done before. This is uh, a new idea, and this is sort of like trying to implement a new sector inside a school, inside Mm -hmm. a a school environment. And uh, I think that when I think about it in those terms, I really feel that it's still, you know, like a newborn baby, you know, we're we're really figuring it out as we go, and um, we have a lot of great resources and a lot of intelligent community power, and I think the yoga community itself is just a fantastic community to align with because people want to help and they want to be of service. Um, like I mentioned Stephanie Snyder earlier, she is a person I think who just really embodies a spirit of service. And I feel lucky to be in her yoga community and be around people who are dedicated to service and who want to help. And that makes all the difference. So um, that would be my first suggestion is for people who want to start a yoga program to get involved with their local yoga communities and to get involved with the schools and their teachers and to have to establish proximity. You know, I think I think a lot of it is in relationship building and then alongside that relationship building can be sort of the strategy and what your goals and your plans are. And um I'd say one quality that's certainly even a sense for me is flexibility and to understand that. Okay, here are my goals. Here's my here's my five-year plan. And maybe it doesn't look anything like that in five years. You know, actually, we've grown faster than I imagined um, Headstand has. So you'll be surprised what can happen once you put your sights on something and uh, work together with people to make it happen. I think it's really great to get people from the business community involved also, and to reach out to people who have different skills. You know, many educators and yoga teachers may not have um, stellar finance skills. <laughs> you know, that's, that's an area that we need help in. And I've been lucky to locate people who really want to help in those areas. So finding experts and working with your community and finding the right school, you know, I'd say that's another really important component is working with a school that wants to be supportive of implementing a yoga program is where you have to start, really. I have incredible support from my principal and my administration and all of my teachers, and I feel really blessed because of that. I don't think it would work if I were in a school where it was an uphill battle to try and bring yoga. You have to work first with the people who want the resources. Fantastic. Now, what is ahead? 
what is in store for Headstand in the next six months? Oh, well, um, we are, like I said, we just had our, uh, we had a great celebration in June celebrating two years of offering 600 students yoga. And as we enter our third year, we are actually providing yoga to 1,000 students, which is extremely exciting to us. Um, So we're working on building a lot of curriculum in this next year that we can apply to different areas. Um, We are working in the next six months also, we're starting to build a lot of relationships in Houston, Texas, which is where KIPP was founded. So um, we'll be working on that. We'll be establishing those relationships and looking at, okay, what, what is possible how do we expand in a sustainable way, and um, how do we do this strategically? How do we align ourselves with the right schools and find the right teachers and continue to build, really, that community grassroots aspect? Um, That's one thing that's in the works. Um, Another thing is really just kind of growing the program locally here. Um, we have such a tremendous amount of support in the San Francisco Bay Area and um, working, of course, always on fundraising strategy and event strategy. We're in the process of doing that. And, um, and we'll be really looking... I think we're we're also in a position now where we're going to kind of take a step back and um, look at okay, h- how do we do this? What that very question that you asked me, like what can we do to help more students and more teachers get involved and provide yoga programming in their schools in a way that makes an impact? I really am dedicated to providing consistent curriculum-based yoga. Um, I feel that for some of our students, just taking one yoga class a semester or once every few months, um, it's great. And it it does expose students to yoga and to strategies that might help balance certain aspects of their, their personal lives. But I'm really committed, just like in my own life, I'm committed to practice. And I'm committed to providing practice for students and to providing a real foundation that schools can look to to say, like, oh, this is a really worthy investment. You know, this is this is something that can enhance our academic goals. This can enhance the social and emotional well-being of our students. This is something that we really need to implement because I do think it's a need. I think it's a need in our school. Yes, I would agree with you. It's definitely a need. Well, we have quickly run out of time today. Okay. I thank you so much, Catherine, for sharing part of your journey with us and um, your vision. And I love the fact that it is founded in educational theory, and yet you are using the students' interests and their culture and their and being age appropriate to reach them at such a fundamental developmental age. 
Thank you, Donna. It's really been a pleasure. If you're looking for more information on Headstand Yoga Goes to School, you can find them on the Internet at headstand.org. And they're also on Facebook. Um, Just make sure you type in Headstand Yoga Goes to School, and they'll pop right up. Um, And there's lots of information there. They're always open to donations. They are a nonprofit organization, so, you know, throw money at them. They'll be thankful, and they'll put it to good use, as you have heard in the past half an hour. For more information on yoga for teens and kids, please visit the website yogainmyschool.com. This is Donna Freeman signing off. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.